Okay, let's start. So, Avram, what parsha are we this week? Parsha is T-E-S-O. Tetzave is right, very good. So, it says in the um, Shalah, the Torah talks about the spiritual, the higher worlds, and a hint to the physical world. In other words, we think the Torah is talking about something physical and it's hinting to something spiritual. But the Shalah says the opposite. He says the Torah is really talking about something spiritual and it's hinting to something physical. It's Torah talking about the spiritual and it's hinting to the physical. So this first verse in the Torah portion, in addition to its simple meaning, has a spiritual meaning. And really we shouldn't say in addition to a simple meaning, we should say really the correct way of saying it is in addition to its spiritual meaning, it has a physical meaning because the Torah is first of all, speaks about the spiritual. As uh, it says in Tanya, the Torah is a chem de gnuza, it's a precious gift of Hashem, which which traveled to this world. But really, its, it's, it's first place is not this world. Its first place is, is, is it's coming from the wisdom of Hashem, uh, from the world of Atzilus. So it's, its first meaning is actually spiritual. So considering that, let's look at this Torah portion, the first verse, and let's see what this means. So the first verse of this week's Torah portion reads like this. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, you should command the Jewish people, they should bring you pure olive oil, it should be crushed to be, to give light, to be a source of light, that there should be a constant, um, constant, constant flame. So this uh, verse has a um, couple of obvious questions. Let's focus on one of them. This week's Torah portion is talking about the midst of lighting the menorah, and the purpose of getting the oil is to light the menorah. So the question is, um, why should they bring the oil to Moshe Rabbeinu when the one who lights the menorah is really Aaron? Aaron lights the menorah. So why, why would they bring the oil to, to Moshe Rabbeinu? So let's look at the characteristics of oil to understand the meaning of this. Hold on a second. Okay. Oil has three characteristics that the Talmud talks about. One is, if you mix oil with something, so the oil will permeate the substance that you mix it with. Oil was mefafeya b'chol davar. It, it, it not just, does it touch um, whatever it comes in contact with? Does it, does it make it um, moist? But it permeates it. it. It goes through everything that it touches. It, it, it's it's um, choder. Choder, it, it permeates. Absorbed. It goes through it. Huh? Absorbed. Absorbed. Absorbed, right. It, it, deep, it gets deeply absorbed in everything that it touches. Thank you. Another characteristic of oil is, is that oil does not get mixed with other liquids. When oil is, if you put oil in, in a cup with other liquids, it doesn't, doesn't intermingle with other liquid. Oil stays apart. And a third characteristic of oil is, not only does not get mixed with other, other liquids, but also the oil always stays on top. Whenever you make, put oil with other liquids together, oil stays on top of the other liquids. So what's the spiritual meaning of this? The Torah is t- giving us an instruction about how we relate to other people. There's an expression in Yiddish, tzadik in a fur coat. Tzadik in a fur coat means somebody who says, doesn't matter what's happening to other people, 
I could put the heat on in this home, but the home is too small for me. I'm more about giving light and warmth to the world. So uh, let me just put on my fur coat and forget about the house. So the uh, Jew may think that's sufficient for him to be like the tzaddik in the fur coat. So Torah tells us, learn from the oil. Learn from the oil and get involved. Get involved with another person. With Don't just have your own um, Yiddishkeit, your own Judaism, your own your own excellence and performance of Torah, you have to get involved in another Jew's life also. You have to permeate another person's life as well. You cannot be satisfied with doing things yourself. Don't be the talk in the fur coat. And then the Torah says something else. Okay, you're getting involved in another person's life. But you might think, okay, I'm getting involved in other person's life that's going to take away something from myself. I'm, I'm, by, by just by me um, considering another person where they are and thinking about who they are, and connecting with them in a, in a very deep way, in a way that's going to affect their life, that may, me, that may cause me to lose something of myself. So the Torah says, you're making a mistake. Ein misar mishar mashkin. Oil is not going to mixed mix with other liquids. When you reach out to someone else, you're not going to compromise. You're not automatically going to compromise where you are spiritually. There is a um, certain blessing that Hashem gives to those who take upon this mission of helping, uh, helping his children. It says in the Talmud, the emissary of someone is like, them, is like themselves. Your emissary is considered like you. So in a similar way, it says in Torah Or, if a person takes upon himself the mission of Hashem, the other Me'elian, you want to go on the mission of Hashem, so you're like Hashem himself, you're like the king of all kings. And therefore, there's nothing that, that stands in your way. And that's why there's a third characteristic of oil, now, not only does it not mix with other liquids, not only does it not get affected, but on the contrary, the oil rises to the top. The oil gets ascends because you're taking on this mission for Hashem. Not only are you not losing, on the contrary, your oil actually rises to the top. There is a um, very important thing that um, has to be mentioned about this effort to reach out to other Jews. The Torah says, be the, like the students of Aaron, love creatures, and bring them close to Torah. So the Hasidus emphasizes, your goal is not to bring the Torah close to them, it's to bring them close to Torah. The way to reach out to another person is not by um, compromising your own spirituality and, and, and giving them some watered-down version of the Torah, but yet you, you, when you water it down, you're actually making it less attractive. People think that the way to make Torah attractive to other people is by watering it down. It makes it less attractive. You know why? Because youth are idealistic. So they want something which, doesn't, which, which, which is strong, which is powerful, which is real. So actually by, by, um, um, by, by, by saying that this can be compromised, what you're really saying is that it's not true. And therefore it, it can be changed around. And therefore the Torah tells us, no, don't um, bring the Torah close to people, bring the people close to the Torah. The previous Rebbe was once asked, wouldn't it be good to um, give Jews anything at all just to, 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 to revive them? What's it matter with giving people unclean water? If you need to revive someone, there's a fire burning, they told the previous seven. There's a fire burning, so give them, give them uh, any water to pull, put out the fire. There's a fire burning, there's a lot of simulation going on, there's so much intermarriage, use anything. So the previous seven responded, that's correct if you're using water. What if instead of using your water, you're using gasoline? Gazlin will put out a fire. In a similar way, the previous was saying that don't think that by changing the Torah, 
you're going to actually cause a lasting effect and, 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 and really lift up people. It's, it's the opposite. You've got to realize that oil does not mix other liquids and keep the pristine, uh, pure Torah and share that to another Jew and light them up. And how long should you light them up for? What are you trying to do exactly? So Torah continues and says, you want to, you want to, um, you want to have the oil. How do you want to get the oil? Cost is more. You need it to be crushed. What's it being crushed? Okay, so you don't want to, you don't want to um, uh, compromise the Torah, but you do want to give someone an authentic message. You do want to give them the reality, the truth. And in order to give someone the truth, you have to speak with humility. If you're speaking to, someone, to another person and you're talking down to them, they're not going to be receptive. So the, the key to um, connect with someone else and to reach their soul is specifically by, as the Torah says, Let my soul be like dust before all. It's by your humility, which will allow, will allow you to see the good in another person, will see beneath the surface. Your humility will allow you to see the good in them. And your humility will allow you to, to speak honestly and sincerely and authentically in a way that will reach them. So that's what the Torah says, be crushed to give light. And what kind of light do you want? You want lamor. You want not just light, but lamor means a source of light. By, that you're going to talk to another Jew in a way that will not just illuminate them. It says in the Torah, the candle of God is the soul of man. And the Torah is compared also to a candle. As it says in the Torah, near mitzvah Torah, or a mitzvah is called a candle, Torah is called light. So you want to illuminate, you want to, you want to kindle the other person's soul. You want to light them up. Well, what, way, what kind of way do you want to light them up? The Torah continues and says, Lahal is near Talmud. There should be a constant flame. What does it mean there should be a constant flame? What's that, what does that mean spiritually? So Rashi says, you want that the flame should continue when you're not there. Your goal in reaching out to someone else is not that they should consistently need your involvement and your influence. And you should always be the teacher. They should always be the student. The goal is that you should raise up the student. They should have to stand on their own and they should inspire others. As the Talmud talks about the meaning of moisture, Talmud says, what's the definition of moisture? Moisture is something that's so wet, it'll make something else wet. So your role is that the person should be able to stand on their own two feet. They shouldn't need you anymore. And they should be inspired so much they want to share it with someone else. And how do you achieve all this? The Torah says, bring the oil to Moshe Rabbein. What's unique about Moshe Rabbein? There are some people that you think that they're, it's impossible to... Um, Give them any light. You think that they're not, they're not ready to be um, kindled. Looking at things from the perspective of Aaron, you'd say, well, you need to kindle up other Jews. Yes, but kindle up Jews which are ready to receive light. But someone that you know is not ready, is not open. They're not, just, they're not prone to be so um, receptive to a message of inspiration. You might think that, okay, this one's not, not going to work. This one's not going to work. Let go of this one. Let, as a friend of mine I used to visit in prison used to say whenever we would say the, the, before we, we, we begin to pray we say the words I accept upon myself the mitzvah to love my fellow like myself right this guy had a different version of this prayer he would say I accept upon myself the mitzvah to love most of my fellows like myself <laughs> he had a hard time in prison and he, would, he, wasn't, he wasn't going to be dishonest with me he wasn't going to be uh, loving to everyone and, and, and there's a similar phenomena that we all um, may have when we talk about bring people close, and say, well, this person is just not going to work. And it's not, it's not something that... Um, uh, Reb Marash once said, the Hasidically challenged people are called sad people. They're called sad people. They look at things in a negative way. You might think if you're a, uh, 
card-carrying chassid, you don't have this, this issue. This is an issue we all have because it's not something that a human being could see. There's people that you, that, that you, you can, looking at them with, 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 with eyes of flesh, you don't see any, you, it's, it's possible to reach them. So the Torah tells us to learn from Moshe Rabbein. The Torah says, bring the oil to Moshe. Now this Torah portion is the only Torah portion since Moshe's birth that doesn't have his name. Why doesn't, have his, why doesn't it have his name? So there's a simple reason, there's a deeper reason. The simple reason it doesn't have his name is because Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, forgive the Jewish people for their sin of the golden calf. If you will not forgive the Jewish people for the sin of the golden calf, erase my name from your book. I don't want to have anything to do with your Torah. So Hashem listened to Moshe Rabbeinu. He forgave the Jewish people. But whenever Tzadik says something, it has an effect. And even though Hashem... Um, listen to Moshe, and Moshe made a condition. He says, I want to be erased from your book only if you won't forgive the Jewish people. If you forgive them, then great, we could do business. Nevertheless, when the Tzadik says something, it has an effect, and therefore there was one Torah portion where Moshe's name is not mentioned. So on the surface, it sounds like a negative thing. There's something missing from Moshe Rabbeinu. His name is not mentioned. But Hasidus says it's exactly the opposite. It's not that his name is not mentioned, and it's not that... This Torah portion falls out the time when he passes away, the seventh of Adar, because this, the Moshe's light is somehow diminished, somehow it's extinguished in this time period. It's the opposite. In this time period, in the seventh of Adar, as we were learning last week, there's a revelation of the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu, who's beyond, beyond the name of Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is expressed by Moshe telling Hashem, erase me from your book. Why does he say to erase me from your book? Where's it coming from? So it's coming from the very essence of Moshe Rabbeinu. The very essence of Moshe Rabbeinu is connected to the essence of every single Jew. And because the essence of Moshe is connected to the essence of every Jew, let go of a Jew. Moshe doesn't say, oh, this Jew is able to receive the message of Torah. This Jew is not able to receive the message of Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu, because of his very essence, which is one of the essence of Hashem, is able to reach out and able to believe and able to connect with every single Jew without exception. And this is not only true for Moshe Rabbeinu. Every Jew has in them a spark of Moshe Rabbeinu. As we were learning last week, the, the Talmud says about a certain thing that it's easier for Moshe to do. The reason the Torah describes reverence for Hashem as being easy because it's easier for Moshe. And the Talmud asks, and the altar asks in Tanya, being easier for Moshe doesn't answer the question that the Torah is addressing every Jew and saying every Jew has to have reverence for Hashem. And then the Torah phrases it as if it's such a um, simple thing, a lackadaisical thing. What does Hashem ask you to do? Just, just have reverence for Him. Why does it sound so, why is the Talmud, why is the Torah making it sound so, so small? And the Talmud's answer, oh, it's easy for Moshe. But the Altar says, the Torah is talking to everyone. Why is the Torah saying that it's small for everyone? And the answer is, the Altar says, is that every Jew has a spark of Moshe in them. Because every Jew has a spark of Moshe in them, therefore we're able to connect with every Jew. As we see in the Moshe Rabbeinu connected with every single Jew, even those who, who violated a cardinal principle of the Torah and they, they brought the golden calf, this this didn't stop him from saying to Hashem, I want you to save them, and it's so important to me that you save these Jews, the lowest of all, that if it's, you don't save them, I don't want to be in your book. And by doing this, Moshe expressed the essence of who he was. And that's why his name isn't mentioned, because it's beyond, beyond just the name of Moshe, it's the essence of Moshe. And this is what the Torah instructs us to do as well. The At Tetzav Israel. That we need to, the word Tetzav means to connect. Moshe Rabbeinu is able to bring unity to all the Jewish people. Is able to, to reveal all the Jewish people their, their common denominator, their connection with all others. He's able to bring out within them their, their goodness and their holiness and their, 
and their connection with every other Jew, he's able to reveal that spark in everyone. So in order to be able to be the oil, what does oil mean again? Oil is, it has three characteristics. It permeates everything. It means spiritually for ourselves, we need to reach out to others. And number two, oil doesn't get mixed with other liquids. We don't have to compromise our values in our efforts to help others. Number three, not only do we not lose anything by reaching out to others, but oil rises above all liquids, which spiritually represents that in the effort of doing the mission of Hashem, reaching out to another Jew, not only you're not losing anything, on the contrary, you're ascending. And how do you achieve this? And how do you cause the light to shine another Jew, la moir, the, the essence of their soul to be revealed in a way of tumen, in a way that it's consistent. And they don't need your effort anymore to be there and they can stand on their own. It's through, through Moshe, through the, the Moses, which is, which is within you, reaching out to the Moses in the other Jew and revealing their godliness in their, in, that they have already without, without you. You're just revealing that within them by, by reaching out from the, from the best which is in yourself. As, um, as I've been told, um, um, Rabbi uh, Dubrovsky from Texas, I shared this with you, he brought someone to the Rebbe who was a diamond miner. And he told the Rebbe, it's something unusual in my profession, something weird, he says, I mine for diamonds, and the tip of the drill, what's on the tip of the drill? A diamond. So the Rebbe said, I have a similar phenomenon in my profession. I ask my chassidim to reach out to other Jews, I hope they use their diamond to find the diamonds in others. So that's a message of this, of this verse. There's another point um, that we see in this verse as well, from another angle. The oil comes from an olive. Olives don't represent the greatest of things, according to the Torah. It says in, in the Torah portion about the flood, the Torah portion of Noah, that when the dove came back with the um, olive branch, the dove said... The Talmud explained the dove's message with the olive branch. I rather have the food coming from Hashem, even if it's bitter, like the bitterness of an olive. So olives represent bitterness. Further, the Talmud says that eating an olive can cause you to forget your Torah study for for um, uh, seventy years. You're eating olive, yeah, if, seventy years, and you forget the whole thing. So the question is, what do you do about that? Is the olive a negative thing? Is it about forgetting the whole Torah? Is it about uh, bitterness? Is it about... So on the one hand, yes, olives represent darkness and bitterness, and they represent the opposite of holiness. Forgetfulness is, is not something that comes from the side of holiness. As everyone once remarked that psychologists have discovered in the last century the idea of a mental block. We forget things. But actually it says in Tanya that there's no forgetfulness before the throne of your glory. So too, um, the reason why we forget things, says the Altar, is because our animal soul doesn't enjoy to have certain things in its memory, and therefore it causes us naturally to forget them. So forgetfulness and bitterness are associated with the darkness of the animal, and the animal soul of Klippa, of the opposite of holiness. So, so the Torah is saying that you have to take the olive, which represents bitterness, and transform that to light, which spiritually means the idea of iskafia, the idea of, of subduing the urges to do the wrong thing and to motivate yourself to do the right thing even though you don't want to. In that effort of, of um, transforming the darkness to light that causes a greater light. As the Talmud says, anyone who sees um, an olive oil in their dream will merit to have the luminary of Torah. So by having the 
crushing the olive, representing humility. And also crushing the olive represents the idea of subduing the urges to do the wrong thing. This brings us to the blessing to have the luminary of Torah. The luminary of Torah refers to the inner dimension of Torah, which is in the teachings of Hasidus, that in, in the merit of, of uh, pushing ourselves aside for the sake of doing what Hashem wants, as one Jew was in, was in, within, was in the audience with the Rebbe, and he asked the Rebbe, what's the first step in serving Hashem? So the first step of serving Hashem is not doing what you want to do and doing what you don't want to do. That's step number one. So he asked the Rebbe, is that for everybody? So that's for every Jew. That's the olive oil. The olive oil, to transform the bitterness, to transform the things in our life which are pulling us away, this allows us to really connect with the teachings of Hasidus, which are also a catalyst to bring Mashiach, as Mashiach told the Baal when will I come? I'll come when your wellsprings will spread to the outside. So, Ebesha Shahop, that we should uh, take the inspiration of the Torah portion, learn from the oil and from the menorah, and to reach out to others, and we should merit to immediately see kindling the menorah, the Arna Koin, Terbesha Migdash, Machayim, Machayim, Rachach. Any questions or comments, Reb Zev, Reb Beryl, Machayim Peretz, Avramel, David? All right. Mm-hmm.